to be in your presence. We thank you that there is nowhere that we can go that we're not in your presence. Everywhere we are, you're there. But you don't show up everywhere you are. We're asking that you show up here. Thank you for your presence in worship this morning. And now in the word, allow us to hear what you have to say. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Hallelujah. If you're glad to be in the house of God today, give him a shout of praise. Give him glory. Give him honor. Yep. Now, now just in case, uh, just in case, just in case you may not know the people around you, just take about 30 seconds, introduce yourself, say hello, how are you doing, do you need prayer, you can do it right now, do you need prayer, do you need money, do you need healing, deliverance, you need a devil cast out, what do you need? We provide it all, <laughs> we provide it all here at AWC, we love you, you're so welcome to be here in our house this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We enjoy the presence of God. We give honor to all of you who are here this morning, those of you watching us online, my wife, Linnell, PJ, our kids, our family. We're just so honored to be in the house of God today. We finish up this sermon series, and uh, when Josh asked me to, to finish it up, I'm like, well, let me see what... what um, what God would have me do in this particular series. I really like the, the idea of going through the middle of something. Um, let me ask, how many of you feel like your whole life has been in the middle of something? <laughs> or from one middle to the next middle? And you can go through one deliverance, you can go through one thing where God brings you out of it, and now you're back in another thing. So... We've got to get used to being in the middle. We've got to get used to being in things that God brings us out of, and then he takes us to another opportunity in our lives. God is all about glory to glory and faith to faith. He's all about moving you from one level to the next. But if you ever decide to stay in a place, that's where you die. So you have to be in this position where you are allowing God to move you from place to place. But as far as this middle is concerned, say this with me, I'm coming out. Yeah, I can't stay here. I have to find a way to get out of this middle thing that I'm doing so that I can move on to my next. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. Now, I know a little bit about trying to move on from something um, that you feel like you've been in. I'm going to show a video here in a moment that sort of describes it in a way. But I'll tell you this story up front. Uh, while, on, while traveling, I woke up one morning and I, I, I asked God this question. I said, can you, can you build a nation in a day? Can you, can you bring me out of one thing and the next day I'm in something else? Can you set me up where the things I've been working on for 20, 30 years, can you complete those? Can you complete those in a day, and the next day I'm in a totally different place? Maybe I should explain it this way. Can you take me, can you, I mean, could you in one day make me a millionaire? Could you in, could you in one day take me out of college and get me into a great job? Can you in one day take me out of my job and put me in the perfect position for my life? In one day, can you do that? And God said to me, I can do that. I can do that in your life. 
And he said these words to me. The moment you ask me, I release it. Hear me. The moment you asked me, when you ask, it is given. The real work is not between me asking. The real work is not him giving it. The real work comes in receiving it. Because to receive it, I have to become in my mind and spirit what I ask for. Until I become, until I become, I mean, okay. So people know you, two things. We, we, land, we, land in, we land in Israel, me and my wife. We land in Israel. We're going through some places. And a guy picks me out at the temple, the temple. And he says, you, come here. I want to prophesy to you. And I still have the prophecy. He didn't know me. I didn't know him. We looked different. We were dressed different. He prophesied to me in key, right on step. And I said, that's amazing. I'd never seen anything like that, right? While I'm on vacation, my friend, Bishop Cade, calls me. And he says, Martin, God told me to tell you today that he's going to take you into a totally new period. You've been in the spirit for a long time. And God's getting ready to bring you out of it. Now, what he didn't know is that I got a phone call from Kevin that morning. And Kevin said, Pastor, uh, something's beginning, getting ready to happen in the next couple of weeks. Well, actually, the next day. Something's getting ready to happen. And this is going to be very important to you. And I said, wow, this is awesome. So now Kevin calls me and tells me something I've been working on forever is going to happen in the next couple of days. And my friend Bishop Cade calls me and says, Martin, some, something's getting ready to happen in your life that's going to bring you out of one season and into another season in one day. My prayer is, God, can you do something huge, big, crazy, wonderful in one day? My friend calls me and tells me, I mean, Kevin calls me and tells me, no, no, no. The prophecy from my friend calls and tells me something's going to happen in one day. And then Kevin calls me and tells me it's going to happen tomorrow. So I want you to, can y'all play this for me now? Okay. Check this out, y'all. Hey, everybody. Pastor Martin here and Elder Kevin Thomas. We're at Winninghoff and Sorensen here in Omaha, and right behind us is close to 30 acres that we bought over 20 years ago. We actually thought we had it sold with great partners about four or five times, but I'm so glad to say that it's finally closed. We have an amazing opportunity. Now, in between that time, we uh, had a partnership with Winninghoff Farms. They were farming on the land and creating produce for the city, but Kevin has some great news for us about what's getting ready to happen to this land. We get to be a part of the kingdom in a big way. We're excited about what's going to happen with these acres that have been under Ambassador's Worship Center's ownership for, like Pastor Martin said, many years. But moving forward, the entity that purchased this property from us is going to turn this into housing that they are going to rent out primarily to 55-year and older folks. This will be a housing that will have streets plowed for snow, yards mowed for grass, wow. windows washed, and maintenance inside and out taken care of. This will be brand new housing. This is going to look uh, dynamic. I mean, in such an amazing way, AWC, we get to serve our elderly community with grace. 
uh, they'll be able to live here and not have to worry about anything. These partners, these people who are gonna do the construction, they're just amazing people. So I just wanted AWC to know, I wanted our friends and family from around the world to know, because you've been praying for us to develop. We, we thought we were gonna develop our building here until God gave us the building at 103rd and 4th. So we just wanna say, God is so good. Thank you for believing in us and praying for us. We get to see the kingdom expand. Thank you. Come on, y'all. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, that's your land. That happened in one day. Ask your neighbor, what's God, what can God do for you in one day? One day, one day, one day. Ask yourself, what can he do for me and my family in one day? One day, one day. We had that land sold. Come on, Dana. We had that land sold over five times. Five, I'm sure of. Sold. Contracts. Money being ready to be transferred, city planning, or somebody decided you can't sell it. For 20 years, we've been trying to sell this land. Well, we were going to develop it, but once we moved here, we put it on the market. We needed that money to finish this building. At least we thought we needed it. It sold. But not just sold, it's sold to some partners that's going to do something for the first time in this. I mean, there are going to be houses built there for the elderly. It's going to be a sustainable community. They're going to be taken care of every day. They won't have to mow any grass. They won't have, I mean, they won't have to wash any windows. They won't have to do anything. I'm telling you, you should take this for your own. If there's something you've been working on forever and you've not been able to get it to happen, you haven't been able to get it to move, you thought you had it moved, you thought you were above it, you thought you were beyond it, right? Can I talk to you? You, you thought, you, you, you were wondering when will this ever come to pass? I'm here to tell you, this is you. If you can receive this for yourself, if you can receive this for your house, if you can receive this for your business, for your family, I'm telling you God is moving in an amazing way, and you should take this as an account. I am coming out. Everything has changed. Everything has changed. The opportunities for me in my life, my family, and my business, I'm going to walk into it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. We celebrate that. Now get your notes. What I would... So, yeah, okay, here we go. I don't know how many of you. So, we were going to break ground there. We, we were going we to break ground. We broke ground because we were going to build, we were going to build this building there. Y'all don't know. Dr. Monroe came in and dedicated. Look at Josh. Boy, he grew up, didn't he? All of us up there dedicating the land. Mr. Henry's back there holding the, holding the umbrella. You got any more pictures? Is that it? We're breaking ground. We were going to build there. God saved us literally 10 years because once we broke ground there in faith, he gave us this building. In faith, he gave us this building. We finished this building, paid for it, and now we have sold the land so that we can advance the vision that God's given us for our house. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You're just a little too reserved for me. You know, sometimes you can be in bondage so long that you, 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 you can't even understand when somebody just told you something. Now, no, sit down. Too late. Too late. My wife is shopping somewhere, shopping, they're shopping. I'm just sitting on the bench because I can take about 30 minutes. Beautiful place, the mall, I'm sitting under the umbrella, you know, going through some notes, reading, praying, when my friend calls me. He said, Martin, he said, Martin, God's getting ready to do something. I'm out there in the middle of everybody, shopping, talking. I lifted my hands and I said, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, God, I trust the words out of his mouth. He said that something's going to happen tomorrow that I've been working on for a long time. And I need it to come to pass. I said, hallelujah, lifted my hands, praise God. I text my wife, and then I went to catch up with them. That's when Kevin called me. He called me because I believed. See, that's why you need the Holy Ghost. You need to learn how to build a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that when someone tells you something, you can judge whether it's true or false. Because if it's true, you can't wait till you see it. You're going to have to rejoice in the Holy Ghost in that moment. So let me, let me talk to you for a few minutes. Because wherever you were, you are at a different place. And if you don't know you're in a different place, you'll never go in. You'll never go in. You'll be at the border for the rest of your life. You'll be at the precipice of something, an opportunity for the rest of your life. Because you can't tell when something big is happening to you. And it's like a song. It's like a song that has an intro has those four counts or those eight counts or those 16 counts. And you're counting before you can sing. And the musicians are playing the intro. And now you miss the intro. You got to wait now. You can't just jump in and start singing. You have to wait for the intro to go around again. Now the people who are singing get ahead of you. You wait for the intro and then you miss it again. Because people don't know how to get ready for what God wants to do in their life. So I just want to give you a few points. Y'all all right? Y'all sure? Tell your neighbor to smile, please. Here we go now. There are three things you got to realize. The first thing you got to realize is, number one, you got to realize this, that God knows where you are, and he also knows where he wants you to go. He knows where you are. You're not lost. You're not in the woods. He knows exactly where you are. He knows where he wants you to go. Exodus 3 and 7 says, and the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt, and I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. God knows where I am. Say it. So listen to what he says. He says, so I have come down 
to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land. The land doing what? Flowing with milk and honey to the place of, now he starts naming people, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Havites, the Havnotites, the Jebusites. He said, I'm going to bring you into these lands. And these lands are not just people. These lands are attitudes. These lands, these people have meaning. So what you have to understand, God knows exactly where you are, and he knows exactly where he wants you to go. So now remember this. God is not just here to deliver you out of something. That's not his interest. His interest is not just to bring you out of a situation. What he really wants to do is to bring you into a place of promise. So to get you out, to, to get you out is only to get you into what's next. Into something that's bigger. And say it with me up front. God does the work. That's again why you need the Holy Ghost. You need to be able to pray in tongues. This is not religion. This is not something weird. You need a relationship with the Holy Ghost so that when you pray, God can tell you, Martin, this is where I'm trying to take you. This is what I'm trying to do in your life. Okay, you with me? Number two, you need to know this. Sometimes to bring you out, God will choose the long way around. He knows where you are. He knows, you, he knows where he wants to take you. But sometimes it might take a while for your journey. He might choose a longer route. And this is why he chooses a longer route. Are y'all okay? Keep breathing. Then it came to pass. Listen, God's trying to bring them out. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go. He says, you can go. That God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines. Why? It was the shortest route. <laughs> but God said, read it with me. Lest perhaps the people change their minds when they see war. <laughs> And returned to Egypt. So God led the people around by the way of the wilderness by the Red Sea. So God says, God says, number one, this is what you have to understand about your bondage, about your pain, about what you went through. Still with me? God wants you to know that bondage can become a familiar and comfortable place. Bondage can become a comfortable and familiar place. And if you have not learned kingdom warfare, you may run back to your bondage. If you haven't learned how God fights, as soon as you have opposition, you might quit and go back to what was comfortable. You might give up on the dream. It won't matter who prophesies to you. It doesn't matter who speaks to you. It doesn't matter what the Holy Spirit says to you. You will simply say, you know, never mind. There's war. There's conflict. There's opposition. So I'm going to go back to who I was. God doesn't want you to do that. Now, the word Philistines, which is in particular God mentions the Philistines, because the word Philistine means the thought enemies against the word of God for your life. Here's what a Philistine is. A Philistine is a person that has words against what God's word says about your life. So if God says you're above, Philistines say you're beneath. If God says you're rich, the Philistine voice says you're poor. 
If God says you're amazing, the Philistine voice said you're worth nothing. So the Philistines, they're not, they weren't just people, they were an attitude and a voice. As a matter of fact, the Philistines, if we really understand what God was trying to tell us, the Philistines are only really inside your head. Philistines aren't people. Philistines are personal attitudes and thoughts that come to you. I'm working hard. So... The only thoughts in the universe come from God. There's only one power. I mean, please. There's only one power. He's the only thought process. I don't care what you call him. One God. His thoughts are original. Then he put those thoughts, abilities in you. Now that you have thought abilities, your thoughts are the ones that you listen to. You can't hear other people's thoughts. It's your thoughts about you that are the most important. Am I making sense? So you've got to learn how to talk to the Philistines in your own head. Because <laughs> they're always talking. You have over 7,000 thoughts a day. And most of them are negative until you take control of your thoughts. And be intentional about what you are affirming and what you are believing. Because the Philistines always want to talk. They always want to compare. They always want to say something. So let me get back to this. So now, when you begin to understand that there is an enemy, but the enemy is where? The enemy is enemy. There are no enemies outside of me fighting against me. <clears throat> The only real enemy I have is enemy. It's inside my head. It's inside my thoughts. It's, I'm going to prove it in a minute, but you can accept it now. It's right up here. It's in my imagination. It's in my thought process. It's, it's in my inner talk. It's in what I say to myself. And it's in what I decide to hear and obey that comes to my heart. And once I determine what's the right voice, and that's why you need the Holy Ghost. He helps you discern. Don't miss one of those nights. I'm telling you, get a babysitter, do something. Don't want to miss. Number three, So what you got to know now. Y'all now, don't be mad at me, but here's what I'm going to, I'm just going to read it to you, okay? That's all I'm doing. Just write it down. Don't be mad at nobody. Okay, here's the third point you got to know. Last one. Y'all Okay. Here it is. Now, don't be mad at God. Don't, I mean, you know, don't. Okay, here it is for real. Y'all ready for it? Number three is, I mean, don't be embarrassed about it. <laughs> Many will not make it out of the middle. They're going to get stuck. And eventually they're going to die there. You need the word for this. This is Numbers 14. Watch now. I just want to take you through the whole process. Then I'm going to tell you what to do so you don't die in it. Numbers 14, 29. Watch this. 
the carcasses of you who, who have complained against me shall fall in the wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to the entire number from 20 years old and above. Everybody 19 and under is going to make it. Everybody 20 and above is going to die in this wilderness. Ain't no amens right there. Keep breathing, y'all. It's going to be okay. Okay, watch this now. Now, verse 30 now. Y'all looking at me. I told y'all just going to read it. Okay, so now he says, except for Caleb and except for Joshua, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore I would make you dwell. Not ask you to fight for. I told you I was going to make you. I was going to give it to you. And now you're complaining like you're supposed to get it done. You can't get anything done. Caleb and them going to go in. Y'all not going in. Verse 31. But your little ones whom you say would be victims, I'm going to bring them in. And they shall know the land which you have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness, and your sons shall be shepherds in the wilderness forty years. One year, one year for every day you've been out here, and I've been trying to bring you to the place I wanted to give you. You're gonna have to spend a, a year for each day. And in forty years, so when I hear sermons, when I hear sermons that they were in the wilderness forty years and God blessed them, their shoes never wore out. Their clothes never wore out. God gave them manna. He gave them water from a rock. I hear those sermons are, yeah, he's just waiting for them to die. <laughs> These aren't miracles. Okay. God was giving them 40 years so that all those people with the old minds could die. Because God could not take your feet where your mind will not go. And there comes a time he will stop fighting with you in your head. He's tired of telling you to buy the land and develop it. He's tired of telling you to build your house where the interest rates done gone up. I can't afford a house now. And God is like, who told you that? He told you, you don't need all this medicine. Get on a treadmill and eat right. But you can't do that because you've given up. You don't see a better day. He can't fight with you in your head all your life. Come on, y'all say, I can't be sitting here waiting for God waiting for me to die. I just can't. I just look here. I can't be sitting here talking about, oh, Lord, you paid my rent. No, he's just waiting for you to die. <laughs> Miracles are a sign that he's just waiting for you to come on up to heaven. You don't wait for miracles. You step out on faith and do what you believe God told you to do. That's how you live. 
I free you from just being a Christian from now on. I free you from this, this demonology of just Christianity where all Christians are just waiting for God to come, waiting for God to do something, waiting for God to open a door, waiting for God to shut a door, waiting for God to fight a devil, waiting for God to give him a break, waiting for God to, listen, all of that stuff, none of that, that's not how he works. Maybe I should read that again. He said, now, I'm going to take your children in. But I figured out I can't change your mind. You're comfortable in the middle. Pick us a leader and take us back to Pharaoh, would you? Put us back in the mud pits. At least we'd know what was going to happen. Send me back to jail. I know what's happening at 6. I know what's happening at 8. I know what's happening at 12. I know what we eating tomorrow. I ain't got to go to no closet and pick no clothes. So I'm going back to jail. I'm common in jail. I'm common in my wilderness. I feel very at ease here. PJ's coming back next week. So I... Uh, I, I mean, I mean, I, I'm good here. Now you want me to work a little bit? You want me to use my faith? What? I mean, you want me to put my hands to work? You want me to sweat? You want me to open a business and now I got to be there every day for a year till it grows? You want me to get married and now I got to really work on myself because this chick or this dude is wearing me out. You mean I want to be on the team and now I got to shoot free throws, I got to run laps, I got to do sit, I mean I got to work for it? You can't lay hands on me and I can lose 100 pounds? Where is the prayer line? Can you cast this demon out of me? <laughs> and God says, no. Then he stops talking to you. You stop having revelations. You stop having dreams. You stop having aspirations. You stop saying, honey, I think we can do that. Sweetheart, I think we can go over there. Children, mommy and daddy's praying about something. You stop all that. God stops talking to you. He stops showing, showing you a little house. Baby, we could just buy that house. It could be our first in a hundred. We're going to buy that little house. We're going to stay in it for two years. Then we're going to rent it out. We're going to buy another one, sweetheart. Huh? He stops talking to you. Now you're TikToking at 6 in the morning, Instagramming at noon, you're Facebooking for you, and now you're watching the news and now you're going to sleep. No voice of the Holy Spirit anymore. Stuck there for real. Is that the real time? So here's what you need to do. Lord, help me. I'm going to give them all to you in case I don't get them. Get to them. Here's what you need to do. If you want to make it out of the middle into your next, if you want God to start talking to you again, if you're ready to not just keep waiting to die, water from the rock is only temporary. Man, I've fallen from heaven. You complaining about food that you were only supposed to be eating for 40 days. We don't like this food. I like my manna fried. 
I, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I like mine with a little soy sauce, a little, you know, a little salt, a little pepper, a little paprika. That's how I like my manna. Water, I don't just drink water. I, I drink alkaline water. This water just coming out of a rock. I don't know what this is. And God is saying you were only supposed to, I'm only doing this for 40, for, for 40 days. At the end of 40 days, you're going to be in your own land flowing with milk and honey and pomegranates and grapes. That's what I'm trying to do for your sorry self. But you feel good staying right here. God gave me water from a rock. I never rejoice when I hear them testimonies. Because I know what's happening to this person. I'm following the cloud of God. I don't rejoice anytime I hear that. Because them clouds is temporary. Do you know what a cloud is? All the cloud is saying to you is, you don't know where you're going. You don't know how to discern nothing, so I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this a rod. What are they doing in, in, in elementary school? I'm going to make it like number colors for you. When the cloud is there, just go with the cloud. When the fire is there, just go with the fire. You so ignorance, don't have no relationship with God, can't pray in the Holy Ghost, can't discern. So I'm going to give you this little thing. Can you do that? Can you just follow the cloud? When it get up and move, you get up and move. And as a matter of fact, because you can't see the cloud at nighttime, I'm going to give you fire. Is that good? Does that work for you? These teachings are to help you stay helpless. Come on, tell somebody, I don't need a cloud and I don't need no fire. I got fire shut up in my bones. I don't need a cloud. There's something inside of me telling me to go ahead. There's something deeper inside of me. The Holy Ghost is saying, this is what I want you to do. Go this way. I don't need no fire. I got fire. Shoot. First thing you need to do, first thing you need to do is eulogize your past. Have a funeral. Write down every stupid, thinking, stinking thing that ever happened to you. Anything you did against yourself. Any, okay, no, I'm going to give you all five because I'm not going to finish. Okay. Eulogize your past. Number two, boast, don't complain. Number three, send in your spies. <laughs> that's real good right there. I know that's real good, even if you don't. Number four, deal with your real enemy. I know I'm messing with you, Jonathan. Stick with me, brother. Number five now, delight yourself in the Lord. So number one, let me explain it now. Y'all ready? So number one, eulogize your past. In Exodus 19 and 5, watch this now. Now, therefore, if you will indeed... If you will indeed obey my voice, this is what God wanted. Read it out loud with me if you don't mind. Start at five. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey and keep my commandments, then you shall be a special treasure to me above. For all the earth is mine, and you shall be what? To me a kingdom 
of priests, a holy nation, these are the words which you shall say to them. So God's been walking with him for 40 days. He brings them to Mount Moriah, and he says, tell the people to take a bath and come, and I want to talk to them. He's saying in one day, in one day you have 40 years of slavery, but I want you to come to the mountain. I don't want Moses to come. I want all of y'all to come, and I'm going to tell all of y'all from this day forward you're kings. From this day forward you're priests. Your state, your state and church. You're kings, and you're also God's people on earth. I'm making you a royal priesthood. He is renaming them. But they've had 40 years of slavery. So if you read, the, if you read verse 10, <clears throat> the Lord said to Moses, bring the people up and consecrate them, because them, let them come see me tomorrow. Go all the way down to the 18th verse. Now all the people witnessed the thundering, because God came down on the mountain to meet with them. Lightning and flashing, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. Then they said to Moses, do y'all see that verse? God says, I want to talk to all y'all. I want to make you all kings. I want to make you all priests. I want to wipe away your 400 years of oppression. What did they say? They said, now, they said to Moses, you speak to us. And, and, and we'll hear you. But we don't want to talk to him. That's not what it says. Is that really what it says? It says, Moses, he says, but let us not, God, don't let God speak to us lest we die. We don't want to be kings. You can be king over us. Let him talk to you. You tell us what he said. But we don't want to be kings and priests in front of him. Moses says, y'all, please. Moses says, hold on. Do y'all understand what just happened? 400 years of slavery. He just told you he wants to make you something. You're telling him no. But the people stood afar off. But Moses drew near to the thick uh, darkness where God was. He drew near to where God was. So this is what you got to know about this. You can be in bondage so long that you forget who you really are. We just moved into the church. King of Kings really blessed us years ago. They allowed us to use their church in West Omaha, 124th and Center. We were there 10 months, saved a lot of money so we could buy this place. The first night we were there, the youth, and I forget who was leading at that time, Kylan, <clears throat> but our youth department had a program there at, at that building. And a young man came in. He was outside. He was outside before the youth program started in the flower beds, rolling around. Speaking gibberish, right? So when they asked me to come outside, I went outside and I saw the young man and I knew what it was. It wasn't a demon. He was on drugs. <clears throat> he was hallucinating. There was a lot going on, right? So when I got out there, I understood what was happening. So I spoke to the drugs inside him. And I said, you'll have no more effect on him in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> in two minutes, he got up and he said, I've never, had, I've never had this clarity in years. I said, no, it was a drug. So I said, bye, I got to go to a meeting. They're like, hold on, what just happened? What just happened? If you can get yourself loose from what has been holding you in your place, in one moment you can change. Let, let, me, let, me, let me 
Say, I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost. Did you know, did you know that Paul, that, that PJ was talking about last week, that uh, Saul, Saul killed a lot of people, right? He, came, he became blind, and God said, go over to uh, Cornelius, uh, go over to his house, and he's going to free you from your blindness, and you're going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Paul gets baptized in the Holy Spirit, and someone sees him. PJ was talking about they were afraid of him, and they said, Paul, you killed everybody. Paul said these words, I've never harmed, harmed a human being in my life. Paul said, I've never hurt anybody. Yes, your name was Saul. You killed a lot of Christians. He said, I've never hurt anybody in my life. My name is, my name is Paul. Now, that's funky and weird and wrong, right? But that's what you ought to do. When somebody calls you, no, that's, uh-uh. I wasn't now. <laughs> I had nothing to do with that at all. I'm telling you, I wasn't there. That wasn't me. <laughs> I saw you. No, that was not me. And then you can simply say, that was the me when I didn't know who I was. When I didn't know what I could do. I didn't know where I was from. I didn't know the anointing on my life. That was me in my dumb days. Me in my stupid days. But now, now that I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, now that I know God for myself, that wasn't me. I'm a totally new creature in one day. God's plan was to restore them back to who they were before life turned them into something else. Number two, boast, don't complain. Boast, don't complain. In numbers, this is all the same situation God's trying to bring them out into. In numbers, this is what it says. Now, when the, when the people complain, it displeased God. They complained about the water. They complained about the manna. They complained about the heat. They complained about the living conditions. They complained about Miriam. They didn't like Miriam's tambourine. They didn't like the music in the church. They didn't like ushering. They didn't like giving. They didn't like anything. They just kept complaining. And finally, finally God is like, okay. So he sent fire and burned and burned among them. He said, y'all going to complain? I'll send fire. And Moses is like, Lord, you can't do this. The people cried out to Moses. And when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place. He gave it a name, Tabera, because the fire of the Lord was burning there. Here's what you got to remember about boasting. Don't complain. God knows where I am. Say it. He knows exactly where I am. God knows where I'm going. And God knows what is best for me. Wherever I'm at right now, God knows I'm here. He understands I'm here. He's cool I'm here. It doesn't bother him that I'm here. So why am I bothered by being here? When you start getting bothered by where you are and not understanding he's trying to bring you out of that into something else, you start missing it. It doesn't matter. And God told me the other day, he says, I'm going to wake up the prophets in the, in the house. I'm going to wake up those who prophesy, who will be able to look you in the face and say, God is getting ready to do this for your life. And you're going to have to in that moment say, yes, Lord. 
not knowing how, not, ho- not knowing when, not knowing how this is all going to work out. You've just got to receive that it's happening. Am I yelling? I am. I am. You've got to boast in the Lord. I love this one. I love this scripture. I quote it all the time. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. I called on the Lord one time, and he heard me and delivered me from all of my struggles. But Martin, you're in a struggle now. I said, I called on the Lord, and he delivered me from all of my struggles. He will deliver me from this just like he delivered me from that. How can you praise God when you're sick? How can you praise God when your back is hurting? How can you praise God when you fail a test? How can you praise God when you're in the middle of failure? You just decide, I will boast in my God. I'm never going to tell you if I thought God failed me. I'm only going to tell you that he always blesses me. Come on, somebody say yes. I was alone and I called on the Lord and he came to my rescue. I was in a place where it was over, but I called on Jesus and he came into my space, blessed me, opened doors for me. My womb was shut, but God opened it. When you're in trouble and when the darkest hour is right before you wake up and you don't think you're going to come through the day, And you're not sure if it's going to work out. That means the darkest hour is just before the dawn. Look at your neighbor and say, trust the dawn. The sun always rises. It always rises on time. It doesn't matter how dark the day. The sun is always going to come up. So praise him. Boast in him. Tell him how good he is. Tell him how wonderful he is. And if you don't know, call some of these older saints. If you don't know, call some of these prophetic and apostolic and prayer warriors in the room. Call them and say, I'm just not sure right now. It's been tough on me. I know it's been tough. But I don't want to say God's not with me. I just know it's been tough. Call one of them. They'll say, oh, sugar, it ain't that bad. God's going to deliver you. I know what I'm talking about. Go ahead, go home and go to sleep. Go ahead and just call out to God. Tell him how amazing he is. Tell him how wonderful he Well, I'm a little bit like Job today, pastor. You don't understand. I've lost all my children. I've lost all my houses. I've lost my cattle. My wife even thinks I'm stupid and crazy. My children are going nuts. Job said, I do understand that. But let me tell you the truth about my God. He gives and he might take away. But that ain't got nothing to do with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His name is the character of goodness and graciousness. He loves me and he loves everybody. I don't have to hate anybody. I don't have to be mad at anybody because they can't get what God has for me. Y'all, is that number two? Let me hurry up. Let me, let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. Number three, send in your spies. 
Send in your spies. Lord, have mercy. If God showed you something, go look at it. Just go look at it. You ain't got to, just go look at it. Just, just, just look at it. You don't have to, you ain't got to have no money to go look at it. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. The house I wanted was $2.2 million. But they messed around kind of left the door open. The real estate agent told me about the house. Told me about the house. I walked through the house and I told my baby, I said, I want my wife and kids to live in this house. I, I don't know, you know, I make about 60000 a year. I don't know how this is all going to work out. But they, I walked through the house. She showed me the house. She said, now, I got you in here, but you don't qualify for it. I said, I get it. I get it. I don't qualify for it. I know I don't qualify for it. I know I don't qualify for it. And I woke up and I said, babe, let's go look at the house. She said, well, it's 10 o'clock at night. I said, well, uh, I know, but if the Lord's with us. <laughs> if the Lord is with us, we're going to be able to get in the house and the alarm's not going to be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't telling y'all do nothing now. Don't call me from the jail. Girl, we went into that house. The front door was open. The alarm beeped but didn't go off. It said unarmed. I said, girl, let's go to the master. We went to the master and laid down on the floor. I said, act like you're asleep. She said, Martin, please. I said, just snore. Just act like you're snoring. I said, let's go pick Josh's room. We picked his room. Said, well, he's going to have some stuff over here. He ain't going to keep it clean, baby. So just make just, just going to shut the door. <laughs> let's go pick Callie's room. Let's go pick the room. We picked the room and said, wow, our daughter's going to be a princess. This room's going to be set up like a princess. It's going to be set up like a princess. You got to go look at your stuff, right? You got to go look at your stuff. We, we spent about 30 minutes in that house. I can still smell the house from that day. I can smell it. I can see it has some weird pink in one of the walls. I'm like, pink. I said, that's so, who would paint that wall pink, all decorative? And, and uh, she, my wife said, it's not your house. I said, yes, it is. We're going to figure, God going to figure this out. I don't know. It's my house. I don't know how we're going to get up in here. But this house is going to be our house. We went out through the garage, shut the door, and got back in our jalopy and went back to our house. A few months later, that house came down to half price. And it was still on the market. So we live in that house now. But let me tell you what we didn't do. We didn't come home from a $1.2 million house and then start talking about how God couldn't give it to us. Our credit score was too low. We ain't got no money for no down payment. You don't, you don't let spies come and start talking about warfare. All you do is take your spies in and look at it. Go drive the car. Go look at the diploma. Print you one out and put it on your refrigerator. Whatever you want to do for your family, go see it. Tell your neighbor, go see it. Tell them, go see it. If you can't see it with your eyes, Google Maps. Google Maps. Google Maps. Google Maps. You can go on your computer. You can go into mega life. You can, you can go see anything. Go see it. I can't afford it. Good. That's why you need to go see it. Go see it. If you want to marry a girl like my wife and you know she out of your league, fine, beautiful, and smart, you, all you got to do is look at her. You look at her long enough, she'll look back at you. 
<laughs> don't say nothing. Don't, don't tell her you ain't got no money. Don't tell If she asks you, if she asks you, can you afford me a house? Yeah, the, the Lord can do anything, baby. <laughs> what is your promised land? Go look at it. Is it an office building? Is it a business? Is it a baby they say you can't have? Go look at it. Go to the children's ward at the hospital. Volunteer. Go hold every baby you can. Pray for that child and say, God, I thank you for my own. Don't tell him, well, I ain't got no, I can't have one. That's not what spies do. Spies just go look and bring back news. You don't ever let a spy tell you what you can't do. Tell your neighbor, send in your spies. Send your spy in there to look. Bring back some fruit. So you can feel what it is. We're in those rooms now. Anybody want to pay a 1.5 for a house so we can get out of here and go to a $3 million house? What are you laughing at? I wasn't making any more money. The man who owned the house was a multimillionaire. He kept bringing the house down in price. Then when I moved in, he was there that day. He said, let me show you some secrets I put in this house. I said, yes, sir, show me. He said, now this is what you do. He said, I have a whole tele. He said, you can run a whole, uh, what's the name of the thing? Call service in this house. Telemarketing. It's all wired. Thousands of dollars. You can do it right here in this house. Here's where you go. You don't want people to find you in this house. <laughs> he joked when Linnell turned around. He said, have fun with your wife. These walls, can't nobody hear through them. <laughs> okay. 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 The man who owned the house said how gracious he was. Ask Dana. The man who owned the house said, I'm so glad you're getting this house. He's losing a few hundred thousand dollars to me. But to God, he blessed, he's blessing us. He didn't know anything about church. See, God knows everybody who is supposed to help you. But if you don't believe you deserve it, he will not give it. To you. What was my next point? Your real enemy, your real enemy is not out there. Your real enemy, and you got to deal with this. You got to deal with this. What happened here? Put my next scripture up, please. There you go. Deal with your real enemy. Here's what the scripture says. They departed and came back to Moses, the, 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 the spies. They came back to Moses and listen to what they said. They said the wilderness of them and, and Kadesh, they brought back word to them and told all the congregation and showed them the fruit. Nevertheless, listen to what they say. 
Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified, very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Then Caleb saw where this was going. Caleb says, quiet the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. His words are, we are well able to overcome it. He says, we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone with him said, we are not able. We are not able to go up against these people. God, I never told you to fight people. Quit. There are no haters. We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Like you foes to fight. But the men who have gone up, they couldn't do this thing. So now, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw are men of great stature. Watch this. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, who came from giants. Listen to what they say. You read it too. What do they say? And we. Tell your neighbor, you tell me how to treat you. You tell me how to see you. I don't do marriage counseling anymore because I did it the first three years of our church and I messed up too many people. And I know I was wrong. I'm not a counselor. The girl wanted me to marry them. She says, I'm trying to understand, Pastor. I don't know why, what's, I don't know why these kind of men always come to me. I don't know why they, these men come to me. Because I said, I can't marry y'all. This is, I don't know what this is. I can't do it. She said, I don't know why. I said, well, you're asking the wrong question. The, the, okay. The real question is, sweetheart, you need to ask yourself, what is in me? That keeps calling these type of men. Until you change how you see yourself, you will continue to attract what you hate. Because it's attracted to you. Spies only gather intelligence. They don't spend time in war strategy. So don't ever listen to a spy. Don't, don't, don't ever listen, don't ever go to the university and see yourself with a doctorate degree and you put the doctorate degree, you print it, you put it on the refrigerator and don't ever listen to your spy in your head tell you, you know you can't get no doctorate degree. Don't let spies talk to you. Watch this now. The real enemy is how you view yourself. Caleb and Joshua had a different view of the word we than the spies. 
The other spy says, we can't. Those two guys said, we can. Last point. Delight yourself in the Lord. Let me show you what this means. Moses, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Japheth, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. They're upset over this. And they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. Listen to these words. And if the Lord does what? If the Lord delights in us, then he will do what? Are y'all listening? If he delights in us, he will bring us, he will bring us not just out of this land, he will bring us into that billion-dollar business is not hard to build. It's just something God has to bring you into. And he says, if I delight in you, I'll bring you in. What's delight? There's a story of a woman, a widow. She was in trouble, and she says, uh, uh, she goes to the judge she goes to the judge, and she says, uh, I want you to avenge me of my adversary. The judge didn't know God. He didn't love God. He didn't love her. So he told her, I, I, I don't really care about this case. I don't care about giving you justice. But she came back the next day, and she said, avenge me of my adversary. What she's saying is, I don't have the power to avenge myself. I can't make this happen. You have the power to make it happen. But he didn't love God, nor did, he, nor did he honor men. But she came back the third day. Give me justice from my adversary. Give me justice. The justice belongs to me. And it says of that judge, after many days of her coming, he finally said, give this woman, please. Give her her justice. Give her what belongs to her. Jesus says these words. He said, Paul is writing, he says, when, when Jesus comes, when he comes back in faith, will he find faith in the earth? Let me explain. What, G, what God is looking for is himself in you. If when he shows you something that he's bringing you into, if you will simply say, God, I don't know when you're going to sell this land, but we really need this million and a half dollars to finish this building. We're out here now, God. <laughs> we done broke ground on this building. I've signed my life away. I've signed my, own, I've signed my personal net worth away. I'm worth nothing. As a matter of fact, I'm under now for this church, this building, this Walmart. I really need you to sell this land. And the land gets a contract that says, praise the name of Jesus, right? It don't sell. So now we got to have faith for the next phase. We get another sale, so excited, and it doesn't sell. Now we got to have faith for the next phase of this building. Five phases. We have to now praise God and expect him to give us the cash to build. Because we were leveraged. We didn't have the, we couldn't borrow any more money. We had to raise the money. And God started blessing people in our church. 
businesses started to come up. People just started to get blessed. And they were giving, and our accountants and everybody, everybody running the projects were finding the money. We were building, and God finished off his building. Why? Because he found faith. If he can find this in you, he will be delighted. Some people think God is a crutch. Let me finish this. Some people see him as a crutch. They see God as just a God that can help you hobble through life. And now the sermons and church is a day that you can come and uh, just get more energy to just kind of, you know, hang on. I hang on for another week, y'all. Yeah, church was good today. Uh, I can hang on for another week. And you just kind of going through life, hobbling along, letting God help you. You know, God, God's just helping you. God's just hanging out with you, and you're just, you're just fine. You, you, have a, you, you feel good most of the time. And then when people call you and they say, how you doing? I'm doing okay. You know, I'm making it God's willing. Pray for me, though. Uh, well, what about that business you were going to start? Yeah, it's not the right time. And uh, I just feel like, you know, have you ever felt like the devil just be working against you? Just one thing after another. And the devil just, I mean, you, get, you know, can you pray for me that the, this devil can leave me alone? I mean, I would just love to, I would, I would love to do that business. Well, did you make any phone calls about it? You can do that on a crutch. No, I didn't call them yet. You know, they always turning people down. They don't want nobody to do nothing. You know, they don't want, you know, they, they don't want to help me. And, and look, and all of us just waiting for you to die. I'm going to let you go eat your lunch, but I want to be in your head while you're eating. Because we see God as a crutch. I was witnessing one time, and I was telling a man, he says, all you Christians do is you just use God as a crutch. And I said, I have never used him as a crutch. Because he's not a crutch. Anybody that's going to do anything in God, you got to change your view of him. He ain't no crutch. He doesn't want you to hobble around. Well, I'm, I'm just making it. I'm making it God willing. You know, God willing. And the creek don't rise. God is more than that. He is a stretcher. He's not a crutch. He's not something that you hobble in. He's not something that you just sort of get by in. When God shows you something in your life, he's not looking for you to do anything. He, he wants you, he wants you to understand that if you're going to come into it, he has to bring you. You've got to decide, this is all God, or it ain't going to happen. And you've got to be good with letting this go. God, we thank you for the house. We don't know nothing about, we don't, we don't know anything about 
We don't, we don't know anything about a million and a half dollars for a house. But we don't, we, we don't, we're not supposed to know. That's not for us to know. So what I'm going to do, if you're going to bring me in, if I'm going to get up in there, you're going to have to bring me in. I'm not going to be worrying myself about how to get in. I ain't finna try to figure out how to steal from nobody. I ain't mad at nobody that's already got what I'm trying to get. I'm not going to be fussing with anybody, and I'm going to stop begging you. I don't have to beg you. When I asked you for it, you gave it to me. Now I just have to be in the place of receiving And the reason I can't receive is me. So God, if you bringing me in, bring me in. Then something magical happens. Something amazing happens. Because God said, if if I can delight in you, I'll bring you in. Then what happens in your life is God uses things you can't see, but I'm going to let you see them. Angels just show up in your life. They start working on stuff you can't work on. They start talking to people you can't talk to. They start ministering to others about helping you. And before you know it, these angels start moving you. What are you doing? You're just lifting your hands. God, I just thank you for this world you're giving to me. I give you praise for everything you're doing in my life. Thank you for opening doors for me. God, you're so awesome. You're so wonderful. You're so big. Nobody can keep me out of anything because I'm not fighting them. I'm not resisting anybody. I'm not stealing from anybody. I'm letting you do all the work. And angels start opening doors. People start calling you. The way gets open. The way is not just imagining. It's that God has delight in you and he's bringing you into the land. You ought to stand on your feet. And just give God praise and glory for bringing you in to the land. Hallelujah. Y'all can sit me down whenever you get me back. For bringing you into the land. Thank you, God, for bringing me into the land. I don't have to know how you're bringing me in. I don't have to know how you're doing it. I don't have to know how you're raising me up. I don't have to know about all the issues. All I know is that you of bringing me in. You're 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 bringing me in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, the wonders, the wonders are for you to perform. I can't perform wonders. I don't need to perform wonders. You're the wonderful God. Perform some wonders in my life. Come on, y'all. Anybody need some wonders? Come on up. 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 Come on up and delight in the Lord. Come on up and just lay on your face. Come on up and just lay on your back. Come on up and say, God, if I'm coming in, you're bringing me in. If I'm going to have that, you're going to give it to me. I have been in the wilderness so long, but I remember who I am by remembering who you are. I remember who you are. 
I remember who you are by remembering who I am. Shahadabasa. Hallelujah. 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 I'm sorry, y'all, just a minute. I just feel like God is, I just feel like God is bringing some of you out. The prophecy said, in one day, in one day, I'm going to make you a new nation. In one day. If you can pray in the Holy Ghost, do it. If you can't, it's okay. Just give us two minutes. Hear what God is saying to you about your life. Because I'm telling you prophetically, today is that day. Today is that day. Today is that day. Come on, talk to me. Today is that day. Talk to the Lord. Talk to him. Today is that day. Today is that day. Today is that day. Today is that day. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I came for about 20 people today. Get on your face. Get on your face. Shahadabasa. Today is that day. God's giving birth to your nation today and giving birth to all of your dreams today, I prophesy. The armies you have seen, you won't see them anymore. They are swallowed up by the Red Sea today. Just delight in the Lord. Just delight in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Let him bring you in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. 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 The job you couldn't get, you can get now. You've been waiting for a long time to finish something. God says you can finish it now. You can finish it now. If you have forgotten who you are, we say, come back to your own recollection of who God created you to be. Let him take you in. Leave it to him. Stop fighting and stop being anxious. When is it going to happen? Who's going to help me? When will the door open? God says the door has been open for months, been open for a long time. Let me carry you in. Trust me. 
trust me. Now, when you get in there, don't leave God. (laughs) Stand and be a king priest. But don't ever leave him. He's always in charge of protecting you, keeping you. He protects all of your interests. He protects all your investments. He protects all your words. That's him. Amen.